everyone, and welcome to the Big Ideas in Supply Chain podcast. My name's Alexa Cheater, and I'll be your host for today's episode. I'm the Director of Product Marketing here at Canaxis, and today we're going to talk about one of the most critical topics on everyone's mind, supply chain talent, where to find it, but more importantly, how to keep and nurture it so that you can help grow the next generation of supply chain leaders at your business. It's my absolute pleasure to introduce today's very special guest, Bob Ferrari, who is the Managing Director of the Ferrari Consulting and Research Group and a well-known supply chain industry thought leader. Thanks so much for joining us today, Bob. Thank you, Alexa. Pleasure to be with you. And this is a very timely topic indeed. Absolutely. Every time I go anywhere, all I hear about is people looking to hire new supply chain talent. Yeah. Where can they get it? It's, it's a topic everywhere. So let's yes. dive right in. Let's talk about a little bit of the background here. What's driving the existing supply chain talent shortage? I think everyone knows there's a shortage. Everyone's feeling it on a personal level, but what's really behind it? What's driving this, Bob? Yeah, well, our listeners should probably recall that the, you know, the, the signs of supply chain talent shortages, they really existed before 2020, before the pandemic. There were a lot of things percolating in, in supply chain circles. And COVID basically exacerbated the talent shortage in many dimensions. You know, before uh, the pandemic, there was global-wide supply chain sourcing of raw materials, of components, contract and finished goods manufacturing. And all of that drove this added complexity and a new emphasis on getting timely data and information assimilation and trying to use advanced analytics and context-aware decision-making. That was all there. And then COVID hit and businesses became to truly become aware of the benefits of digital and doing business digitally. And that added much to what kinds of talent do we really need in this era if it continues. And then, as we all know, there was a lot of transformative changes in planning techniques brought about by, you know, advanced cloud-based technologies, which continue to just come to market. And the notion that Conexus always talks about, and rightfully so, concurrency and planning processes have brought forward a new roles of supply chain. And I like to call them supply chain strategists versus planners, because I think that's where it's going. Uh, you know, they're going to be process experts. They're going to be supply chain experts. And any dimension of that, that's kind of the new roles of these uh, people, and that's driving the talent shortage. And then finally, you know, these movements towards supply chain digital transformation capabilities, either during the pandemic and now after the pandemic, in many cases, when I've talked to managers, they've indicated to me that they've had to forestall or postpone their digital transformation efforts because they felt they weren't ready. They didn't have the people with the proper skills. And it was not only internal skills, but in some cases it was external skills as well because the system integrators and the management consultants who were assisting with these transformational efforts, they didn't have the people too. They were all maxed out on other projects. So it was across the board, and that kind of was driving this whole thing. 
certainly sounds like the perfect storm leading into the shortage. It's been ongoing for a while, as you mentioned, but it sounds like things like COVID and shifts in priorities and digital transformation delays and even accelerations in some cases is really adding to what was already there. So yeah. what kind of impact is this having on businesses? Why is it so critical that people need to find and keep the right talent? What happens if you don't? Good question. I mean, it's a considerable impact, especially over these last three years of nonstop disruptions, uh, the ability of businesses to pivot, you know, their business models, their changes, their product strategies. You know, it's important to remember that in 2021, in the US alone, 4 million workers voluntarily exited the workforce. That was just in the US. And it happened in Europe, it happened in Canada, it happened in many other regions. And there were there were legitimate reasons for that exit. You know, people had ties to, you know, work-life balance, uh, dual income uh, career people. Somebody had to stay with the children, you know, and, and take care of schooling and education. Uh, it was all of those things. The other part of this is during and now after the pa uh, pandemic, the baby boomer workforce generation elected to exit the workforce in very large numbers. And with that came what I like to call institutional knowledge, experience, and the mentoring resources that we always counted on when you know people came into supply chain to, to learn the function and learn how it's done. And all of that has to be captured again, has to be you know, uh, allowed for, you know, to nurture. Um, there was a broader recognition that there, you know, there were broken tools and processes. COVID exacerbated that. Um, you know, businesses that relied primarily on forecasting processes, there were no forecasts to, to, to rely on after that because we had, as everybody knows, we had simultaneous product demand and supply shifts all happening at the same time. A lot of businesses had to start from the beginning, start from scratch go to the basics, figure out where everything is, get as much information as possible. There was learning there in all of that. There were shortcomings in just-in-time inventory management that were uncovered uh, when global sourcing and global-wide transportation and multimedia logistics processes all disrupted. And for me, that brought down, brought forward awareness that in supply, in supply chain tactical planning, it's just not the planning, it's also the execution that you have to account in the planning processes. That's a different dimension. And that brings forward new skills for planners and strategists in this new world. Uh, if you wanna call it a new world, it's the new normal, whatever the, whatever the term is gonna be. Um, and then the notion that jobs are constantly changing, and they are, and you know, there's a revelation now, at least something that I've been advocating, is that we've got to go back more to skills-based development and skills-based hiring. Because when we bring in people for a job, you know, the traditional job description, that's a point in time. We now know that job's going to change. It could change in six months. It could change in nine months. It can change in a year. So we want people with skill sets that could change when the jobs change, that have certain traits that we know 
are akin to these kinds of roles, you know, in hard skills and collaboration, collaboration skills and soft skills, all of those dimensions. And then finally, you know, business and supply chain leaders have universally spoken to the importance, the dependence on the ingenuity and in the persistence of dedicated people. You know, during the pandemic, uh, as I mentioned, you know, moving through all these changes, pivoting the business, changing products on the fly, uh, inventing uh, different processes when they needed to be done, uh, all of that. And that's our new awareness to the value of those people. So all of that, I think, is added to this dimension. Absolutely. There's been so many factors here. You touched on work-life balance. You touched on shifting roles and responsibilities, a new skill set that needs to come in. And all of that is driving this fear, I think, in some companies that their, their staff is going to leave. Their talent is going to leave. We're, we've been hearing the numbers. Yeah. It's high. So yeah. let's help our listeners out here, Bob. What is it that today's supply chain top talent is actually looking for? What's going to help keep them in a role or entice them to a new one if you're looking to hire someone in a, in a gap that you might have in your organization? Well, from my lens and research activity, I think workers seek a sense of purpose in their work and their families and in their communities. Uh, the effects of the pandemic have especially led to added work-life balance, as you mentioned, um, you know, in areas of child and family care, rethinking career paths, in more flexible dimensions. Sometimes people want to take a break from a career, you know, to do things personally or family-wise and then come back and, 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 you know, and rejoin that career path. I think we should begin to open those options for a lot of people. And I think managers are starting to think about that. Businesses are starting to think about. Uh, it's about making a difference in the organization and for society that I work for a company that's recognized for, you know, that recognizes me or my people for the job well done, that believes in, you know, causes that I believe in, climate change, sustainability, uh, diversity, all of those things, and then being afforded opportunities for either upward, lateral, or er other areas of career and personal growth, including more interaction with advanced technology, definitely. Love it. I, I think the purpose driven is so important. I think so many people want to know that they go to work every day and it's making a difference in their business, in the lives of those in their communities. And I think there's no better job for the people that are looking for a purpose driven career than supply chain because they really are the heart of everything that's going on in the world these days. They are the hidden heroes um, of the frontline workers, really. Um, yeah. So how can businesses adapt? To what the talent's looking for? How can they adapt their culture, their processes, even their technology in some cases, to make their environment more inclusive, diverse, and attractive to this talent? Well, I think there's a there's a few dimensions. I think certainly in automating mundane, inefficient, and redundant tasks, because that frustrates workers to no end. It frustrates all of us. You know, you know, you want to get to the the challenge, you want to get to the task at hand, and then you suddenly have to go through all these gyrations about, oh, God, I got to get this data over here, and this one isn't cooperating, and I already got that, but all of a sudden it's changed. There's a lot of frustration there that you want to take away. Uh, you want to grow their analytical, their team leading and collaboration and communication skills, and you can do that by, you know, 
managing the mundane, managing the repetitive. And technology has a role to play here. It's not in substituting for people, it's in making their work tasks better, more efficient. Um, it's embracing broader career planning and skill development paths, especially in supply chain. The notions of if you're a supply chain planner today, what is your career path? What are the various options that you can take in that career path? And others, even if you're an operational worker on the warehouse floor, what's your career path from there? Whether you want to stay in operations or whether you want to go into other dimensions of supply chain. I think all of that broadly recognized is going to help here. And then having supply chain leaders, and I hear this from my interviews with supply chain senior leaders, constantly checking in with people. How are you doing? How are things going? Do you have the right tools to get your job done? Is there something missing? Always having that connection, always having that feedback, feedback. You know, regardless of you know where you stand in the organization, how high or within the organization you are, always having that connection with people. I believe people really appreciate that more so today than ever before. Um, again, I mentioned it before, hire and train people in skills-based dimensions. Uh, my frustration has always been, you know, let's do away with traditional jobs specifications. You know, in the end, they're just screening tools for recruiters to find candidates. Let's turn that into, hey, here are the skills that I'm seeking in this organization, in our supply chain. And then searching out, because that opens up, I think, a kaleidoscope of opportunities, whether for people with formal degrees, people with a hidden, you know, uh, in the hidden workforce, people that may not necessarily have a college degree, but are pretty savvy in technology. Uh, they do gaming, they do all those sorts of things. Those are all new opportunities. Those are opportunities to bring in a more diverse and culturally diverse workforce that organizations didn't have before. And then, as I mentioned also, for senior management, ensuring that the organization has a sense of a social and corporate commitment, because that means a lot to companies, I mean, to employees. You know, does our company believe in you know, climate, combating climate change and, you know, and, you know, eliminating exploitation of labor, taking care of people in the good and not so good times and in times of medical crisis, as we found out in COVID. That all leads to, you know, a, a sense that my role really matters in the organization. I love it. I think there's so much value in treating people as people and humanizing your workforce. They are not just a productivity number. They are actual human beings who have lives outside of work. And it's so important, as you said, to make sure that leadership checks in with them, that you've defined a career path for them because they want to be able to grow. Nobody really wants to sit at a job and, and do the same mundane thing over and over again, like you mentioned. I think it's so critical that businesses keep that in mind. And I loved how you touched on the fact that there's so many different career paths you can take in supply chain. This is not a one track kind of role. Right. There are so many opportunities across the spectrum of supply chain for people to move into that it's such a wonderful opportunity to get to experience all those in the course of your career. But I want to circle and, back. And I might, I might add, and the good news is people are beginning to discover that too, 
more and more yes. people are looking at supply chain and saying, you know, there's something I'd like to do. I as as one of the silver linings of what's happened during the pandemic, I have certainly seen a shift in that as well. As supply chains became more prominent, you hear a lot more people that understand what it is and they go, oh, that's really interesting. That's really important. I want to get involved with that in a way that we hadn't heard a decade ago. It, it's sort of, it's the moment in the sun for supply chain right now where people are starting to recognize that this is a really exciting career path to, to get involved in. This is a really Absolutely. exciting time to be in supply chain it's difficult it's not easy but it's exciting yeah it's rewarding absolutely so i want to circle back to one of the things you you touched on there about technology and how it's not about just replacing the person because i hear a lot i get a lot of questions about do i still need my full workforce can i just replace them with artificial intelligence like can i just streamline have less actual people in my supply chain and more machines doing the work What's the what's the caution there, Bob? I think the caution is, and I can consistently have advocated about this, that there's always a need for planners and strategists. There is always going to be, regardless of the technology, because there's always going to be something that's unplanned. Something happens. It always does. You know, I've been in supply chain longer than I can, that sometimes I want to remember. And there is always something, always, that just goes on and on and on. And we've learned as a community, as a function, that's what we deal with. And we deal with it the best we can and with the tools that we've got. But we always need the people to be able to do that. And that was driven home so much during COVID and all of that, you know, that happened. I mean, to a person, I've heard nothing but praise for what supply chain people across all levels had to perform and how they perform during the pandemic. And kudos to everyone listening in for that. Um, so I don't subscribe to the notions of autonomous planning uh, because you know, there's always a need for humans. And one of the analogies, Alexa, that I often use is, you know, today when we travel, you know, we get on these airplanes that have the most sophisticated technology uh, that you can that you can imagine. They can literally fly themselves. They can land themselves. They can spot, you know, deficiencies. They can warn you to what's going on. But you know what I always say to audiences? There's always a windshield in that plane, <laughs> in that cockpit, because there's a need for that human in charge to look out that window sometimes and say, wait a minute, this doesn't correlate. I need to assess something. So that's just an analogy. And I think I just I think it's in a powerful analogy to use in this notion. I think that's great. It's something that, you know, you always hear, yeah, there's there's always a pilot, but I love the way that you you take it a step further. There's always the windshield. We haven't built planes with no windshields for a that's reason. Right. Because and people forbid that we do outside. <laughs> yeah. 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 Same in supply chain. Absolutely. So yeah. we're getting and close the way, to the... And by the way, that was one of the, the, the design principles that were often debated in autonomous cars. You know, you know, should we have a windshield? And it was like, whoa, we better have a windshield. I couldn't yeah. imagine not yeah. being able to look out and having the ability to course correct if needed. I mean, I, I live in a technology advanced society. I use a lot of technology in my day-to-day -day life, but 
I still like the option to to check in on things from time to time and understand what's happening just in, just in case. You never know. As you said, it's always the unexpected in supply chain and there's always a new unexpected challenge or something that happened that machines can't really calculate for and don't understand how to respond to. So you really do need those people yeah. to drive the supply chains for sure. Um, so glad we're on the same page there. <laughs> yep. So we're we're running down our clock quite quickly here. So I'm going to take us to one final kind of fun off the wall question for you, Bob. If you were the chief supply chain officer of the whole world, what would be your top transformation initiative? Where would you focus? Do I have to have one or can I have more than one? I'll, I'll give you a couple. It's a tough question just to narrow down to one. Okay, I have a couple. I'd like to position the supply chain in the forefront of innovative strategies that can mitigate the negative effects of climate change and to have the effects of climate change as the hub of innovation and let it be in supply chain products and services. That's one. And I think the other one for me would be making careers in supply chain management the coolest and most in demand for for new students, graduating students, functional and operating workers. Come join us. Love it. Definitely have my vote on those. To all the chief supply chain officers and all the supply chain leaders that were just listening, take that to heart. Sustainability, yes. making supply chain cool and sexy and the most in-demand careers are gonna benefit everyone. It's gonna be benefit the entire world if people focused on those two things in their supply chain, for sure. And as we say in our blog, supply chains do matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time and your thoughts today, Bob. Really appreciate the insights and the expertise you brought to what can be a sensitive topic, as we kind of mentioned, with, with people concerned about team members leaving or should they replace them or, you know, should machines just take over the world, which the answer is no, folks, they shouldn't. <laughs> um, so really appreciate you bringing in some guidance and thoughts um, and, and giving us a little bit of your time today. Thank and you, Alexa, for inviting me. A huge thank you to everyone who tuned in today. That brings us to the end of this episode, but make sure you tune back in. We wanna see you, we wanna hear from you, we want you to join us next time as we explore more big ideas in supply chain on a future podcast episode. So thank you to Bob again, thank you to your audience, and hopefully this has inspired you to figure out how you can find that talent, how you can adjust your corporate culture to make it more enticing, and what you can do to really make the people on your team feel like they are making a difference. Thank you so much, everyone. <laughs>